This is Retire at Peace with Gerald G. Ginwright from Mainstream Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Gerald provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retire at Peace with Gerald G. Ginwright. Hello and welcome back to Retire at Peace. This is Gerald G. Ginwright with Mainstream Financial Group. If you would like more information about what you hear on today's show, give us a call at 888-324-0589 or visit us online at retireatpeacepodcast.com. And while at my website, click on the radio page and check out our past shows and subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Retirees and near-retirees received a piece of good news recently when the IRS announced its 8.7% cost of living adjustment, or COLA bump, that will go into effect in 2023. That's the largest COLA bump since 1981, and it's nearly a 3% larger bump than last year's 5.9% increase. A Kiplinger article, Social Security COLA, set to rise in 2023, has some information that would be very helpful for today's discussion. First, the article notes that Social Security benefits will rise by an average of more than $140 per month, beginning with payments that are going to be going out on December 30th of this year. Additionally, it's estimated the average monthly Social Security benefit payable in January of 2023 will jump to $1,801 for an individual, a solid increase from 2022's $1,657. The average monthly benefit for a couple who are both receiving Social Security will go up $240 from $2,753 to $2,993. And the maximum Social Security benefit for a person retiring at their full retirement age will go from $3,345 per month to $3,636 per month, an increase of $291. But there are some potential tax implications with the COLA increase. According to the article, more of the workers' income will be subject to Social Security tax in 2023. Specifically, there will be an additional $291 of Social Security tax on the first $160,200 of earnings from 2022's $147,000. Furthermore, the article explains that based on the increase in average wages, the earnings limit for workers younger than the full retirement age, which is 67 for those born after 1960, will rise to $21,240. The earnings limit for people who reach their full retirement age in 2023 will bump up to $56,520. 
The COLA is calculated using the Consumer Price Index for urban wage earners and clerical workers, which the article adds is similar to, but not exactly the same as, the Urban Dwellers Consumer Price Index, which is used to report inflation. If prices don't increase, or if they take a tumble, the cost of living, or the COLA, will typically be zero. Some of you may recall that there was a zero COLA in both 2010 and 2011 because the economy was still battered by trying to recover from the Great Recession. There also wasn't a COLA increase in 2016 thanks to the cratering oil prices, according to the article. While COLA adjustments are based on changes in the wage earners' consumer price index, average national prices are used rather than regional prices. The Social Security Administration also calculates the percentage change between average prices in the third quarter of the current year against third quarter prices from the previous year. Fourth quarter prices aren't used because those numbers generally aren't available from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics until mid-January, and the Social Security Administration is required to make its adjustment in January, January 1st, as a matter of fact. In my experience, no matter how much social security research you do on your own and no matter how well you think you know the program and what it's going to do for you, surprising questions are still likely to pop up. For example, you can begin receiving social security at age 62, but if you do so, your monthly payment will be permanently reduced. Why? Because 62 isn't the full retirement age. An Investopedia article, 10 Common Questions About Social Security, explains that if you were born between 1943 and 1954, your full retirement age is 66. If you were born between 1955 and 1959, your full Social Security age ranges from 66 and 2 months to 66 and 10 months. If you were born in 1960 or later, your full Social Security age is 67. Now, a moment ago, I noted that if you file Social Security before your full retirement age, your benefit is going to be permanently reduced, but it works the other way as well. For those born after 1943, your benefit will go up 8% for each year you work up to age 70. After you turn 70, you no longer receive that particular perk. A financial services professional would likely be well positioned to detail you with the information explaining how that particular benefit works and how it can work into your entire financial strategy. With the idea of retirement income in mind, I think we should spend the rest of the show highlighting some ways you may be able to enhance your savings before you retire because saving more money now will help you stretch your monthly Social Security income. 
A Go Banking Rate article, 20 Ways to Increase Your Savings and Retirement with Peace of Mind, has some interesting insights. The article's first piece of advice is to cut unnecessary spending as much as possible. Going through your budget and monthly financial statements, you may be surprised at how eliminating some of the things you don't really need may help you put extra money even a couple of hundred dollars into your savings each month. And don't forget, you may be paying more than you need to when you keep the status quo. Shop around for better deals on your cell phone provider, cable company, or where you get your car serviced. It may sound like a small thing, but if you can save $200 per month, that's $2,400 per year. And over the course of a decade, that's $28,800. In addition to cutting unnecessary spending, the article also suggests trying to save 10% of your yearly income for retirement. Some experts, according to the article, suggest saving up to 15% annually. If you can't set aside that much money, it's still important to save as much as possible adding 1% to the amount you're saving each year will eventually help you get to that 10% or 15% benchmark. Now, don't forget that taking full advantage of your workplace retirement plan like your 401k is a good way to hit that 10% or 15% goal. If your company offers a plan, be sure that you are contributing enough money to trigger the company match. Not doing so means you are essentially saying no to free money. Often, the match is 50 cents for every dollar you contribute. Now, that's up to a percentage of your pay, commonly 6%. As you receive raises, bonuses, or other compensation, save it. Don't spend it. After all, you've already built an effective budget around what you were making before you received that additional income, so you may not need it day to day. So put the money in your retirement plan rather than in your bank account. It can sometimes be a mistake to treat every raise as an excuse to enhance your lifestyle with a bigger house, a fancier car, or expensive clothes. But slow down and ask yourself if you really need all that stuff. Think about your future retirement and what having the cash to do the things you want to do and visit the places you want to visit would mean to you. When it comes to having enough retirement income, working with a financial services professional may make a very big difference. To me, the value of working with a financial services professional is really about keeping on your course. There are times when it may be tempting to make big changes to your strategy. Maybe it's market volatility, a significant unexpected expense, are a change in your personal life. But in my experience, it's often best to stick with your strategy that you've actually built with your financial services professional. Now, that doesn't mean that you and your financial services professional don't make tweaks and improvements in your strategy as your circumstances change. It simply means you avoid making rash decisions every time the market has a hiccup. 
Your financial services professional has a strategic, non-emotional attachment to your strategy, which means you're likely to receive cool, level-headed advice. Well, plan well and retire at peace. If you've enjoyed today's show, visit us at retireatpeacepodcast.com and click on my radio page. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And finally, if you want more information about what we discussed today, give us a call at 888-324-0589. Thanks for listening. And until next week, this is Gerald G. Genwright. Thank you for listening to Retire at Peace. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Gerald G. Ginwright at Mainstream Financial Group. Call 205-324-0589 or visit him online at retireatpeacepodcast.com. Gerald Ginwright and Mainstream Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed on the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.